Hello, everyone. This is Gloria of the Love and the Work You Do podcast. And today I have in the studio with me, Dr. Sherry. And um, she is a mom, a blogger, an author. She is also the creator and owner of a life of financial freedom.com. And she is also a one woman tour group um, and an author um, of a really beautiful looking children's book. Um, and today we will be talking about finance. We're going to look at her journey to financial freedom. She is um, a member of the bigger personal finance community. So um, at the end of the podcast, she will share where you can find her and her upcoming events, but we'll dig into a lot of things. So just stay with us. And um, if this sounds like something that you think you're interested in, come on in, pull up a chair and let's learn together. Hi, Dr. Sherry. Woo, woo, hello there. Hi, Gloria. That was such an amazing intro. Thank you so much. And I'm happy to be here today. I know we've been talking about doing this for a minute. And I love that I'm actually here with you now. Thanks. I love it too. I'm excited. I'm excited. Today, um, I, let's start at the fact that even though I, you said I give a beautiful intro, like you are my my soul person because I'm like, wait, she has a Harley. <laughs> like when I was in college, that was my dream to have. <laughs> it's <laughs> not too late. <laughs> so I was saying my brother had this, uh, he bought me this biker boots. I think they were called, I don't know if they were called Santos. I, I might be wrong now. Mm -hmm. Like they were really cute. And I just thought I was like a biker chick. <laughs> That was my dream. Of course, I didn't know those things cost so much money. Um, yeah, but anyway, and then to hear that you all have like a really great community, um, you know, the Harley people, like you all can hit up any Harley shop. This is random information I know, which I shouldn't know, right? <laughs> like anywhere you are in the world, you can go to any Harley Davidson and you're like family. So. Yes, I, I, I must admit, I am a Harley girl, and it can be a dangerous sport, but I still ride. Uh, I've been riding for, ooh, probably about nine or ten years, eight eight or nine or ten years, and I love it. It's, it's such a free feeling when you get on that Harley, and especially when you're riding with others. So, yeah, I am guilty of riding my baby. <laughs> Uh, again, I am in awe of you. So we are going And Gloria, I'm here in LA. So in Los Angeles, you can ride practically all year long because the weather is so beautiful and amazing 99% of the year. So it makes it hard to, uh, to give up riding because it's, you can ride all the time. Okay. <laughs> but that makes sense though. That makes sense. My first question to you would be about doing this like a life of financial freedom mm -hmm. and knowing that you're just recently retired mm -hmm. my question is how did you know that this was a path that you should take um if you can share how you landed in the personal finance side of things 
sharing about blogging, how to, you know, get followers on Pinterest, how to start a side hustle. Did I even remember to say that? She's also a side hustle. <laughs> like, just share more on that. Yes, I love that tag, a side hustle queen. I've retired, I can't even believe it, this month, it would be two years ago that I retired early. Of course, I'm too old to be a fire, financial independent retire early. I'm not a fire, a retiree, but I did work for the federal government for a number of years. And I just had the feeling like, I don't want to work until I'm 60, 65. About two to three years before I retired, I, I went really hard, like, hey, I'm going to work my side hustles a little bit harder. I'm going to put more money into my 401k, or they call it TSP, the savings plan. I'm going to cut back on spence, expenses. I'm a Macy's and Ross girl, like, Sherry, stay out of those stores. And I really just did a, a big cost-cutting measure because I did not want to work behind four walls for the rest of my life. I just needed that freedom. So I did start up my website, alifeoffinancialfreedom.com before I retired. So I would work all day long at the federal government, come home, work to until two, three, four o'clock in the morning. I did that for a number of years, just so I would have a base before I did retire. And then I decided to retire. <laughs> I announced it. We had a team meeting like every week, every other week. And I was like, oh, I want to be last this time because there's some extra stuff I want to share with the team. So I announced that I was going to retire and everybody looked at me like, Oh, I stopped playing. I'm like, no, I'm really serious. They're like, but where are you going? I said, did you not just hear me? I'm not going to another company. I am going to retire. So I did my big birthday party slash retirement party. And then COVID hit. Mm. <laughs> and I had one of my past co-workers ask me, wow, Sherry, do you wish you had waited just a little bit longer so that you would just be working from home, which they had denied me. And I said, yeah, you know, I thought about that. But in the end, the answer was no, because I have my own financial freedom now. I can go wherever I want to go to work. Mm -hmm. My laptop luxury lifestyle is what I call it. Mm -hmm. I just spent most of the summer in Africa. And I just, as long as I had my laptop, I could still do freelance work here and there. Yeah. So that's, you know, and I've been a side hustler all of my life. I was a single parent. So it was always about making enough money to survive. Let me do this on the side. And to your listening audience, Gloria, may I please implore to them, do not have all of your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. Do not just have a nine to five. You want to have something to fall back on, a legacy to leave to your family. Try your best not to just have a nine to five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think, um, I really think if I hadn't been a single parent, I, I wouldn't have that train of thought either. Um, so that's what, 
being a single parent taught me too. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm going to dig in a little bit deeper because I didn't hear what I was looking for. And it's like, so when you were a child, what did you dream about becoming? Did you want to be a financial person? You know, I was always about, I was born and raised in the country. I have a one woman show that I did a couple of years ago that I'm working on getting onto Netflix. I'm going to put that out in the universe. Yes. It was called the Calypso Girl Tour. It was stories from Calypso to California. Uh, my story, your story, our story together. And uh, I remember my sister saying, yeah, you know, we were born in the country. You know, we used to go pick beans. Wow. Um, uh, to uh, crop tobacco, all that kind of stuff. And my sister <laughs> said to me one time, yes, yeah, Sherry, you are always about hustling. She, I, she said, I remember when we were going to a party, we were in high school and, you know, we wanted new tops. And you said, come on, girl, let's go pick some strawberries and make, <laughs> some, and make enough money to buy our new tops. And I was like, what? I said, did we get the tops from that money? She said, yes. Anytime to do something, you found a way to like, well, wow. back then it wasn't called side hustle. But yes, it, it and not that I was money hungry as my cousin said but it, um, earning money and making money and, and making it on the side has always been uh, fascinating to me you were always that, surprising yes and even now it's there's so many ways so many resources that we didn't have growing up there's uber there's Airbnb, which I love, there's Lyft, there's Turo, where you rent out cars. There's so many different things. You can have a website and have affiliate income. There are so many ways to make money now that it's amazing. So, so to answer your question, I, I was fascinated with money, even as a child. And my favorite aunt was a telephone operator. Of course, they don't have those anymore. So I wanted to be a telephone operator and I wanted to be an actress. Okay. And I'm in California and I have done some acting work just for fun. The Aretha Franklin came out, Respect. I went to see a previewing of it before it even came out. Okay. And afterwards, I'm going to guesstimate they interviewed about 100 people. Well, how did you like it and all? So I'm on vacation in San Diego with my two of my nieces. And I start getting all these messages and texts that, oh, my gosh, Sherry, I just saw you on TV on the Respect commercial. So, so, it, so I guess that fruition of wanting to bet I've been on a couple of other commercials and, and some movies. And when I look back, I have fulfilled that dream of saying, oh, I've been an actress in one way or another. Exactly. But yeah, in, in growing up, I wanted to be a telephone operator and an actress. So I was sharing how um, when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, in elementary school, I went to audition for, um, joined the choir for kids in elementary school and for some reason the guy was like you know you don't have a good voice you can't sing oh, wow. yes. <laughs> it broke my heart and wow that was harsh person I've always been from that time throughout all my life I stopped mm -hmm. singing publicly where people would see me because of that 
um, it wasn't until I started this journey to rediscover myself and that I was like, okay, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. If they say <laughs> they want to be a doctor, like we, we all grew up with this idea that a doctor means that you can only be a medical doctor mm -hmm. without knowing that, okay, like someone can be a doctor like you in mm -hmm. another field. There are doc P doctors who are vets. There are mm -hmm. doctors who are plastic surgeons. Like, I was like, who, why would anyone break a child's heart? Yes. And tell them that you know they couldn't do that but anyway now i know better because like you look i'm doing the podcast thing mm -hmm. right so yay my voice is being heard <laughs> wow that's that was really not only a he wasn't only a dream stealer he was a dream killer and there's a lesson to be learned from that is that number one we need to uplift our youth and number two, don't let anybody steal something. And that's really, really important. And I, I feel like that's one of the things we need to continue to share with at least the children in this generation so that, you know, they can be strong. Like, mm -mm, just because you can't do A doesn't mean you can't do, mm -hmm. you know, that's you right. can't do B. So, yeah, totally. Well, you've been in corporate America. America, you've worked in the federal government. Um, who I work in the states. It's sometimes political. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. so, so if you can share one uh, one thing that you've um, a challenge that you overcame while working in government, um, and how you overcame it, um, it could be in government, but generally in business, mm -hmm. in side hustle, in living this life. It, it Again, it doesn't even need to be business-wise, but just something that someone can take away that you learned. You were like, ah, the light bulb came on. Like, wow, now I navigate life better because I know this. In corporate okay. America over the years, I have had a number of jobs starting out as a data entry operator. Then I became a computer, uh, I was computer operator, then I was computer programmer, then I installed computers, then I got into the training realm. Uh, so, so what I found in corporate America, you better walk in the door with a sense of self-confidence because when you walk into the room as a black woman, or as a woman of color, mm -hmm. you are often perceived incorrectly, I might add, you are often perceived as, oh, you don't know enough, or even before, and we know this is America, even before, as you walk in the door, people know nothing about you. Mm -hmm. You don't know the multiple degrees you have, the multiple training you have, the experience you have. Mm -hmm. the, the, so that's the one thing that you have to overcome in business, when you walk in the room, walk in with the air of self-confidence, knowing that you know what you know, mm. that you know. And that's one of the biggest things. Uh, even now, people, it's, it's so sad, have little faith at times. And it's like you got to overprove yourself Yeah, yeah. as you walk in the door. So that was one of the, the biggest obstacles 
being a black person in America, but definitely in corporate America. It's just going into a room and people knowing, you knowing in your heart what you know mm -hmm. and showing it to people because they just judge you from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, like you're either not enough or... Um, or you don't, don't know enough or, yeah, and based on the color of your skin, that's so yeah. sad and it's yeah. still happening. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. I know there was a... <laughs> A job I recently interviewed for that I really, really loved. Um, and I thought I'd get the job. <laughs> the job. And, um, and then the feedback, I was like, I didn't get a call back. But then I'm hearing, they're saying this. I'm like, what are they talking about? Mm -hmm. That person who's like a director somewhere and has the exact same mm -hmm. thing they're complaining that I, a trait I have, one of my, all right, I don't want to work with you all either anyway. <laughs> if that trait bothers you, um, I don't want to work with you either. Um, I guess for me as a person who has recently just found out they have ADHD, I think the most challenging thing mm -hmm. is that every time I walk into a room, mm -hmm. I forget half the things that I know. Mm -hmm. um, because my ADHD packs on anxiety with it. Or, or more like nervousness. So even if you know something, you get into a room and bam, half of it is gone. So how, you know, you, you have to come up with your own personal strategy mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to, be, to be in that room and know that, okay, yeah, I'm correcting what I do. So now like I, I took notes to the interview that I went to um, and I was really confident about my answer. So, and that's why at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, it's your loss if you think I'm not the person you want. You said one thing that was really important. You found strategies to overcome that. And each of us, and that's a part of your self-confidence. So mm. you've got to have that self-confidence and you've got to create a strategy. If you get a nervous, sweaty, and that happens to almost anyone, even speakers that have been doing it for years, mm -hmm. you have to have your own strategy to get you through that moment. So that was okay. real crucial what you said. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I will ask this question. So your the name of your company is A Life of Financial Freedom. Freedom so what can, can you explain um, what it means to you personally um, that at, at the end of the day, at the end of your life, like, if you're, oh, Sherry, of a life of financial freedom, like, what would you want people to have known? I've always wanted my legacy to be. I want to leave a legacy for generations yet unborn. Mm. That was a part of creating a life of financial freedom. For me personally, financial freedom means, you know, the, and that's why I wanted to retire earlier. I wanted to be able to spend, which I have been, I wanted to be able to spend more time with my family, especially the younger kids coming up. And I wanted to be able to do things on my time, like, oh, I want to go on vacation. Oh, I think I want to stay another week or a couple of days and not have to call back to the job. Hey, mm -hmm. can I get a couple of more days off? Or I just needed more freedom financially 
in my life. And that's where a life of financial freedom and financial freedom means different things for different people. Yeah. Uh, some people, financial freedom means, oh, I need a million dollars. I need $2 million in the bank or whatever. For a lot of people, financial freedom means having five, $10 million in the bank plus or whatever, or my 401k needs to be at this point. Whatever financial freedom means to you, define that. Does it mean you're going to work forever? Mine meant that I want to be out of the office, still continuing to work on my own personal projects and passions. I wanted to not have to work all day and come home and work three or four more hours on my passion mm-hmm. projects. And I also wanted, I wanted to empower more women because I had such a hard time as a single parent. I wanted to empower women to know that, hey, here are some choices financially you can make. This is, you can consider investing in this. This is how you invest. You want to work a side hustle here, are some options here. So I wanted to put strategies together to empower women to make more money, save more money, and find out more about investing. So all of that put together is what formulated into a life of financial freedom. I love that. And yeah. the tagline on that is also living life to the fullest. I work hard still, but I play hard. <laughs> I, I love a good getaway. I think that's that's what I'm finding out. I was like, again, in a way, it'll be like, I'm bringing my ADHD to all my conversation. Mm-hmm. But again, because ADHD makes you blank out, I think that's why I love that I've been doing vision board for a long time. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like everything that I've written down, I may, even though I may forget after, a while because I'd written it down, put down the strategies and how to go about it and just doing it every day effortlessly, it comes to pass. And like you living your life of financial freedom, I'm seeing that the little things I'm doing work Mm -hmm. towards my other name on Instagram, which is she loves good things, which is like, I realize now, yes, I want to travel like Sherry, Mm -hmm. but I never, really knew I wanted to travel until Kaching. I finalized on the house and we're here now on my way in the next couple of years, I'll be able to take a couple change and go wherever I want to go. So in hindsight, I worked in nonprofit before I joined the government. I worked in um, a private um, Fortune 500 or something company, 1000 company. And then I worked in nonprofit, but I found that the government, and I might be biased, but I really love all the benefits that the government has. I like all the programs, again, maybe because I work with social services, I'm also biased, but I love all the programs that social services has Mm -hmm. uh, because they teach you accountability, they teach vulnerable people how to be empowered personally. Mm -hmm. So my question is what I've noticed is half of the people out there who are not government employees are really going to be disadvantaged at the end of their life when they decide they need to retire because they haven't been forced to save a pension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they they don't have all these other tiny perks that come with being a government employee. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, you get like a grant to do this, or there's um, free bus pass. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, they're just like pension. <laughs> exactly. You know, so there are little things that comes with it. Even though we know on the flip side, the salary at least in the state and state salaries aren't as high as the Fed, but still you're not making as much as people in the private sector. Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice, all of that to say, what advice would you have for someone working in corporate America who has never saved mm-hmm. at all, who, has, who doesn't have a retirement account? Like what can we get them to do today to start investing in themselves? It'll like, you know, everything that they need to, to get going today. What's mm-hmm. one or two things can they do today? Oh, wow. I just did an Instagram post on that yesterday. And it, oh. it was um, things to start doing today to get your finances in order. So the first thing I said, if, okay, so you mentioned you don't make as much money. First of all, make a budget. A lot of people get into financial trouble, in my opinion, because they're living beyond your their means, mm-hmm. um, which goes hand in hand with credit card debt. That was a killer for me in college. You know, you get those credit cards and then it leaked over into after college. Mm-hmm. So you get that credit card debt, you need to start paying that off um, and not identifying where the issue lies. If you're not making enough money, you need to make more money. First of all, just even if you don't do a budget every month, you need to know what your assets and liabilities are. Sit down and make a budget. Go through, and I did this before I retired. I went through like a year's worth of all of my credit card statements, all of my bank statements, because I needed to determine where money had the pattern. Where was money spent at in the past year? Where do I need to plug up if I know I want to retire early? So that goes along with create a budget. And then people, it's even if it's a few dollars a month, you should consider, you know, not even consider, you need an emergency fund. Yes. Life's it's inevitable that something is going to happen. So uh-huh. it's better to have money to pull from that emergency fund versus, okay, you know, my budget I already only have a hundred dollars left and these new tires are gonna cost this or the refrigerator went out or my kids tuition went up. You are going to need an emergency fund. For me, again, that was a game changer. Something happens, oh, you know, with no big sweat because I've got, some money over here in this emergency fund. So that's one of those things that would really help. It's again, like with the credit cards, stop adding on debt. If your weakness is Neiman Marcus, cut up the credit card, stop going. Don't even go window shopping. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when you window shop, you are gonna eat, you're gonna end up with something. So yeah. stop, stop adding on debt. And yeah. you need to make more money and save more money. And then you can get to the point where you can invest and multiply your money. Set some goals. Uh, if you, you love your job, negotiate a salary raise. Uh-huh. Uh, brown bag your lunch. 
I started eating healthier before I retired. It was like, okay, I need to brown bag. I worked in downtown LA, stuff is expensive. You don't know how much salt, sugar is going in your food. Brown bag, if you don't want to brown bag every day, brown bag twice or three times a week. Yeah. When you eat at night, make a little extra, pack your lunch, and uh, that makes it easy in the morning. Pull it out the fridge and you're on your way. Don't say, oh, I'm making it in the morning. Do it the night before. All these little things add up. And another thing that helped a lot, Gloria, is, was automating my finances. Before I automated my finances, I might be at the movies or somewhere and go, oh my God, did I pay my utility bill? Once I started automating my finances, it took that off the table. I don't have to worry about if something is being paid. It is automatically being paid. So that, that was another game changer. Another one, compare, and we're talking about cutting things so you can eventually have more money and save more money and invest more and make more money. So do comparison shopping. I just did. I was talking to a friend of mine, not uh, maybe like four months ago. So this was before I went to Africa, four months ago. And he said, yeah, you know, I my insurance just got cut in half because I got a new job and I'm closer to the house now. And I started thinking, wow, I haven't shopped around for new car insurance for a while. And when I called my insurance company, they were like, yeah, you know, you only do X amount of miles. And then I was mad because I didn't do this as soon as I retired because I'm not driving every day like that back and forth. Yeah. And with COVID, I should have at least done it then because my car just sat there. So by the time I finished talking to them, I had saved over $500 between my motorcycle and my car on insurance. Mm. So now I'm thinking, wow, Sherry, you're in personal finance and you didn't think to comparison shop because your miles have been cut drastically. So, hey, mm. even I need mine. Exactly. Like, we, you know, we're on top of most things, but like, uh, it can't be on top of everything. It's like the question you're asking me about. Did I research the neighborhood that I moved into? It's like I researched, but again, I still realize like I didn't research as much as I should have researched. But thank God that the universe um, had my back. And like the parts where like you fall short, like, you know, something else covers you. But those were, oh my God, those were really great strategies. Um, like I like, I love automation also. Mm -hmm. Um, it just makes life so much easy. And then having that money emergency fund is such a blessing. Like there are times when I get overwhelmed, oh, just knowing that there is something out there that you can pull from is mm -hmm. really, is really helpful. And it just relieves your anxiety and stress too. So, so hey, thank Gloria, you. There's, I'm sorry, me to cut you off. There is another strategy I really wanted to offer to oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. the audience. Please check your credit score on a consistent basis. The average credit score in America is a 711. But what a lot of people do not know, you know, you can get your annual credit report yes. from all three bureaus yes. for free. Because there was so much fraud during COVID, 
you can get, and they extended it to April of 2022. You can pull your credit report from all three bureaus. That's experience, TransUnion, and is it Equifax? Equifax. All three through all through April 2022. You can pull those reports every single week. Okay. Even if you don't do it every single week, instead of yearly now, you can okay. do it every single week. They extended it through April of 2022. Okay. Look for discrepancies on your credit report. Okay. I love that. I was saying thank God for the annual credit report in the good old days, like 15 years or 20 years ago. Um, but all the credit the hacks and the breaches that have been going on have kind of made again what you just said it available to all of us more um, often than it has in the past so and if people also have um, apps like mint mm -hmm. um, on some credit cards um, as you know all that to say like you're dealing with your credit card with the best intentions you actually can also check your credit report mm -hmm. um, on those things too so and that's one of the that. things that's discussed on my website lifefinancialfreedom.com is how to raise your credit score and mm. talk about that debt credit ratio in the 30 percent if you have a credit card i'll just say a thousand if you have a one thousand dollar credit card you should not be charging letting that balance go over 30 percent of that so that means that the most you should be charging three hundred dollars and then paying that off immediately because it is affecting your debt credit ratio. So you want to be, well, I go more in depth on that. Oh my. Oh, okay. Okay. I should find that um, <clears throat> blog post and, and share it, um, share it with people. I know that I did a really great job with my credit until after I bought the house. And then of course there were like a couple things that my realtor and inspector didn't pick that put me into extra unplanned expenses so my credit I, i'm so puts me in your prayers because i need to pay down <laughs> that debt again um but one thing i used to do at the beginning before my that helped my credit was um so i'll take my one of my paychecks every month um and i'll just put like a whole like thousand dollars of my bills, not, not my mortgage, not my rent, but like all my other utility bills. And this is only if you know that you can be strict with the credit card and you won't use it for something else. Mm -hmm. um, you put that money in there um, and then you pay off all your utility bills. Mm -hmm. And you still also pay your regularly scheduled monthly payment. What it does is it boosts your credit score. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know why. Um, no, I know why it does it. There's a thing about if you pay twice a month, mm -hmm. it, it changes the algorithm mm -hmm. of the credit card and blah, 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 blah. So, it, which makes sense. Cause I guess by the time you pay that and it thinks it's really high, you pay the huge amount and then you come back again, you pay another amount. All it sees is your pain or something, and, but it worked. And I think I learned that from one of the personal finance people like in 2018. So that's worked for me. And if, you know, if so, anyone wants to try that, the goal is to pay twice a month on your credit cards. Mm -hmm. um, not and, only and the key also, Gloria, is mm -hmm. 
pay, finding out when it reports to the credit bureau. If you owe $500 on your credit card mm-hmm. and they report on the 15th, mm-hmm. but you pay it off in full on the 16th, it's still mm-hmm. showing on your credit report until the next month. So there, your debt credit ratio is still out of balance. Wow. So based on, and that may have been why they said pay twice a month. The, the most important and the key thing is to know when it's, well, first of all, you just want to pay it off if you can. But you want to make sure that you're paying it off before your before the company reports it to the credit bureau. And Mm. of course, you can pull your credit report and look at when they do that every month. Okay. So when do they report it? Is it after your payment due date? Every credit card is different. Where will I find it on the statement? And look under that company. Like if it's Chase, look under Chase and see when it is. Are you your statement? If it's due on the, the 22nd, so between your statement and looking on your, your credit bill, or you can, if you don't want to figure it out, call them and say, hey, when okay. do you want to report to the credit bureau? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That's a good one. Thank you so much for sharing that. So three things. Um, what three things can you think of that get people into, I guess, the opposite of freedom is bondage? <laughs> <laughs> it's not trouble. Mm-hmm. So like that get people into financial bondage. Like I like that you said bondage. So you're asking about the things that get people into financial bondage or financial trouble. Financial trouble, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my um on my website, one of the most no, the most visited post is broke and need money now. That is when I check my Google stats, any stats. That is the post that's from the beginning been that's visited most often. So what I decided to do was to put together an ebook. It's called Help Broke and Need Money Now. So I can see the link to that. But from my from from my perspective, uh, three of the things that get people most in trouble financially, and I'm talking from experience here, hands-on, is number one, is living beyond your means. You know how they say keeping up with the the Jones. I I won't even say the Smith and Jones. Keeping up with the Jones. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn to live within your means if you want to get ahead. And and we kind of just discussed some of this, but again, that's going hand-in-hand with credit card debt. You know, you got to stop using those cards. You got to stop shopping. Just get caught up. So so that's one. Stop living beyond your means. And all this is going in with the budgeting we just talked about and all. Uh, credit card debt, you want to wipe that out. Uh, and then number three, you need to figure out what what is the underlying issue. Because if you don't know what's causing your your financial woes to be topsy-turvy, how are you going to ever get a grasp on it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's three. And number four, you got to save more. You got to make more, save more, and learn about investing it so that it can multiply. And stop leaving money on the table. 
um, a close relative of mine that has been working their job for like 15 years, I uh, felt heartbroken, told me that they, I'm going to say they, <laughs> just found out about the 401k on their job. And I said, you've been working all of these years, like what? 17 years, and you're just finding out. And I felt it was a personal blow to me because I'm thinking, you know, I'm close to this person. And why do you not know about free money? At least invest the minimum amount to get uh-huh. free money from your organization. This is a benefit that a lot of companies don't even have a uh-huh. 401k or TSP. This is a retirement plan we're talking uh-huh. about. Uh-huh. So that leaving money on the table uh-huh. um, and you won't even, re- it, you will get used to that little bit of money coming out. But once you start looking at that savings where it's just compounding and adding up over years, and I was thinking, this is like, what, 15 years of free money that they just left on the table, just like, and you can't re- go back and recoup that. It's a mindset thing. Um, and, and I say that only because I, even for me, like I remember when I was in the nonprofit I was in, I had a really great match to my full 3B. Um, but again, I was just doing that because I was in the finance office. Mm-hmm. And I took advantage of everything, but that didn't mean I was smart because mm-hmm. we ended up, between my ex and I, we used the money for stuff. Like, because like you could take out like, um, mm-hmm loan on it, blah, blah, blah. And then the recession happened. I lost my job. That money became due. So it's like, now I don't have any money. And then the money became due. (laughs) I've been guilty of that in the past. If you go from one job to the other, either leave the money or transfer the money to the new return. Don't get a check and spend it. Don't, don't. But, and and then you got to stay on top of, um, a lot of financial troubles you can kind of climb your way out of. Take advantage of things that are happening. No, if you're buying a house, find out about the different programs like NACA or the um, Home Buyers Assistance Program. There are organizations out here just trying to give you money. Take advantage of the programs that your city offers, mm. um, like NACA, NACA. If you want, yes. to yes. here in LA, they have homeowner assistance programs where they give you money, mm-hmm. especially if you're a first-time homeowner. Mm-hmm. You can buy through FHA. There, there's so many different strategies. Uh-huh. Again, check out my website, lifefinancialfreedom.com. We talk about a lot of this, but that can help you financially get on a clearer footing also, especially during COVID. They had, you know, now you can only, you were talking about withdrawing from your 401k. During COVID, it ended in December. You could pull out over $100,000 from your 401k, not saying you should have, but you could pull it out and repay it over three years because of COVID and people losing their jobs and not being able to go back to work. Then there was the EIDL, the EIDL loan that so many people didn't know about that was giving you like the $1,000 grant and then more. There's so so many programs in Uh every single state that can help you 
you know, get on a better financial footing. And uh-huh. I don't think enough people research that are know that there are ways or they might be given grants. They, don't be out here struggling. Look for ways that you can be helped out of that hole. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like the whole <clears throat> own buying thing in Maryland, like there's so many um, options available. NACA, is, again, is in Maryland too. So they're doing really great things. Um, I, I think if I can share anything with anyone about NACA, it's like just the fact that today you heard us talk about NACA, Mm-hmm. If you want to get a house in the next two years, mm-hmm. I need you to go register on their website mm-hmm. and take their classes and be in their system. Because like, by the time, excuse me, by the time you make an offer, it's going to be too late to be able to take advantage of all of their programs mm-hmm. and benefits. Mm-hmm. Like if they have um, 10 programs available and say you even qualify for one of them because they do fill up pretty quickly. Like at least that's money that's not coming out of your pocket. So mm-hmm. for me, that's what um, I want people to know. Go to NACA, go register, take the class. It's going to take you like, um, I think it's like a one day program or something um, or maybe back to back. There's one that's like a couple hours, then you go back. Plus, if you don't want to wait, you can actually pay like $99 mm-hmm. and be done with the program, like mm-hmm. <laughs> right there and then, and it's still <clears throat> part of the NACA program, um, but just the pain arm of it. So yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Thanks for sharing. That. And even if you're not looking here in LA, they have, um, I think it's the national housing organization where if you've had problems paying your, if you're behind in your mortgage, they have a program now where you can apply based on your income and stuff and they will pay $20,000 towards your past mortgage. Or you can come in, it's called a don't move improve program where if you need your house fixed up and you can get monies for that. There's so many programs in every city. So look at the resources. And even if it's not a housing situation, if it's, you know, you need money for your business, if you need grant business, if you need grant money, if you need loan money, there's this SBA Small Business Association in every state, I think every state. Mm-hmm. They're just here in America. There are so many resources. You've got to reach out and find out about them. Yeah, there really are a lot of resources. Thank you so much for sharing all of that Um beautiful resources so you're not just like side hustle queen but then you're like let's leave this financial freedom life so as we get towards the end towards the end of the recording of the podcast i want to ask you on the side hustle side i don't want to leave that out of the conversation um a a good question i think i wrote down would be so Say I was me a couple of years ago, um, single mom, three kids, working nine to five. That's really mental because it's in finance. Like, what advice would you give me on um, the type of side hustle I could start Mm -hmm. um, to boost my, my income? 
your situation, and I'm glad you said mine because every situation is different. You have a full-time job. You have three kids already. So my my first in their their younger kids, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you could go out and do Postmates or drive for Amazon. But if you have a website, which you do, or you have a podcast, you mm-hmm. could work on how can I monetize this for extra money? Mm. And that could be the side hustle there, something that you build up. You could become an Amazon associate and put different links mm-hmm. in and earn affiliate money. You could become, um, you could post t-shirts. You could become an Amazon merch person where you're selling t-shirts. Um, and I do have, if you go to my website, I'm going to send you the link for that. I have like 20 20 side hustles that you can start. All right. For me, 20 side hustles. And when you told me you had purchased a beautiful new home, for me, my number one side hustle, and it has been the most lucrative one, and it also helped to enable me to be able to retire early, was becoming an Airbnb host. Ah. Yes, I have hosted out over, they used to tell you, over people from over 75 different countries. And when you want to do a side hustle, because it is another job, work on letting it be something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I lo- I'm an extrovert. I love meeting people. I love talking. So becoming an Airbnb host, and I am an Airbnb super host, and I am an Airbnb ambassador, which means I've got X amount of stars, X amount of people have come, great credentials, all that. I love talking to people. To me, Airbnb is like the whole world coming to my doorstep. Mm. And I also use Airbnb when I go to other countries. But Airbnb has been my most lucrative side hustle. But I also have um, a children's book out, My Mystical Magic of Shrinking Hair. I have a couple of more children's books coming out. I have some other ebooks coming out. So I have multiple side hustles. I have a merch t-shirt shop on Amazon. I do freelance work. I've done social media strategist work. I am amazing at <laughs> creating assets for social media. It's, it's, and I've always been a, across the board like that. And uh, we talk about a lot of that on life of financial freedom. You know, how to invest, how to try this side hustle. This yeah. side hustle worked for you. And that's where my moniker comes in, the side hustle queen. Because all my life, I've done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it's fun. Yeah. I think um, the active word is to try mm-hmm. because not all of them will work for everyone. I, I know, of course, like everybody else that started blogging, like my intention was to make money. And then I was like, okay, I did the affiliates. I did the this. So at the end of the day, the money didn't come, but I had to also now realize like, okay, align my passion to whatever the money is. Um, and all that to say, like, I have t-shirts in the work. I have, um, what's it called? Um, like a, a journal that I, Mm-hmm. and wrote during COVID. 
it's, it's somewhere here um, that I've just in my spare time, like, okay, this has been so helpful for me, especially finding out that again, my, I have ADHD um, that I'm like, maybe it'll be helpful to other people. Um, and then one time someone was like, you give away everything for free. It's okay to give things away. You want to give value mm-hmm. to, to build mm-hmm. your community. And you mentioned having a journal and now you don't even have to print journals out. You can do that on Amazon or any number of places now. It's print on demand. So you don't have to, you know, the, the profit margin is a little less, but you become a, you become a self-published person. You were mentioning your journal. I have printables on on Etsy. Etsy. You can put your stuff on Etsy and it's it becomes, and I'm all about having income that's passive now. So mm. that is the thing I'm working on. I'm having an ADU built accessory dwelling unit is a granny flat. So that's income that'll be coming in. What's assessed ADU? What is that? Yeah, that's the technical term. It stands for accessory dwelling unit. A lot of people know it as a granny flat. So it's like a detached property behind my property that is going to be two bedroom, one bath. So that's uh-huh. another stream of income. Okay. And I don't know if passive, if there's ever really passive income, because you still have to create it and maybe do tweaks here and there. But for me, that's another form of income. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know rent, I'm getting more into the rental property side. Mm-hmm. Income. That's really good. Yeah, just so there's so many ways out here to make money. Just no, so many different. Once we get our head mm-hmm. on right, mm-hmm. and we can start making money. I, I I'm just like when I think about myself in the past. I'm like, like me talking about nonprofit days. I'm like, wait, why did I spend the money? Because like, the goal should always be to leave the money where it is. And the goal should always be to make money and to live below your means. But like, I don't know. Again, but that's okay, Glory. You can't yeah. beat yourself. We all. Oh my gosh! And if you want to know about some horror stories, I and finances, I can tell you some. But it's when you know better, yeah. you do better. That old cliche: when you know better, you do better. But it's so true. You know now that. And you can direct others. You know better now, so you can do better. We can't beat ourselves up in the past. That's what happened mm-hmm. in the past. So you just got to realize what's going on now and move forward. Yes. I just had two of my nieces come to visit. One was 20, one was 11 for two weeks. And my 20-year-old niece told me that they were in bed one night and she told my 11-year-old niece, wow, I want to be just like Aunt Sherry when I get when I get older, you know, she goes where she wants to go, does what she wants to do. And I was like, she said, I Sherry, I'm just a minutes away from going back and quitting my little job. I said, Oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, Don't just quit your job, have a plan. Yeah. But it was um encouraging to hear her say that. And I want to be able to help her foster and grow and like. And I'm telling her, look, you don't have to work until you 45, 55, 65. You know, you have YouTube, you have this. She does amazing uh-huh. makeup. You have this, you have that. And I want to be able to help groom her, I guess is the word, along yeah. the way. 
and and say to her, oh my God, thank you for feeling that way. But girl, don't be like Aunt Sherry. Be better than Aunt Sherry. Do things a little smarter. Don't fall in the credit card debt while you're young. Don't do this. Don't do that. So uh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't beat yourself up over the past. Just you know, put it out in to your kids and say, hey, you don't learn from me. You don't have to make this mistake. What can I do to build a life that I don't need to retire from? Like, and I feel like that would be like the younger us. Like, if we could be like, hey, listen, what you know, like, what could you do now? But it could also be for anybody. I'm 47, so like, okay, if you want to start today, what can you do to build that life that you don't need to retire from? Find a way to make money around something that you love mm. and that mm. you enjoy. Mm. Mm. It, maybe you're on a job that you love. Figure out how to transfer that into a freelance job. Mm. And then everything else we've talked about, if you want to build a life where you don't necessarily need to retire when you're early. When you're older, you know, get stuff in order now. Get your financial house in order. Mm-hmm. Mm. And with that, and, and this is something that I'm guilty of, have your will in place. Have your health care directors. Because especially when you're young, you feel like, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm invincible get this stuff in order now. That's all I'm working on now because I just had, um, I'm a sorority girl. I'm a Delta. Ooh. I just had one of my line sisters, you know, she's going through early dementia and all that. And her paperwork was all over the place. So get your, finan- get your financial house in order. Mm. Find a way to make money around something, keywords that you love. Yeah, that's really good. Again, I'm going to say that is the reason why this podcast exists. It is my journey towards finding the work that I'm called to do. And even though we go ahead and we, I talk with all the guests on the show, mm-hmm. we also sometimes have side conversations. And all of those side conversations helps me to figure out like what I need to be um, when I grow up and retire to live my own life of financial freedom. So I love, love that you said that. And because of that, I'll just share, people just need to be, you know, create a plan. Like Dr. Sherry said during the conversation, I think that's the most important thing. Like find a minute during the day, um, like wake up early or go to bed later and just write down a plan for yourself. Um, And if you can't do that again, you can do it the first day of the year, which again, I'm going to plug my vision board. I have free worksheets on my website. Like you don't even need my worksheet. The truth is you can get a piece of paper and just write down what you want to do and figure out your own life plan. And then that will help you to find what you would love to do, assuming it's not your nine to five job. So I just wanted to share that. Um, and on that note, thank oh, you. Before before you sign me up, I did create um, a special worksheet for oh. your audience. Ah. You can find it at a life of financial freedom.com backslash 
financial blueprint. Nice. And um, um, most of the things we talked about a little bit more. I also have a five-year timeline calendar out there that is fillable and a couple of other things. So it's going to, if they go to a lifeoffinancialfreedom.com backslash financial blueprint. Nice. Especially for your listening audience. Thank you. Thank you. See, you all are very important. So uh, lifeoffinancialfreedom.com backslash um, blueprint. Financial financial blueprint. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. So um, once again, as we wrap up um, this podcast recording, just want to thank Dr. Sherry for coming. I just want to remind everyone that you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, who else is left? Google Podcasts and other streaming channels. We also upload the video recording to YouTube um, under lovingtheworkyoudo.com by She Loves Good Thing. A pretty long name, but (laughs) but just type that into YouTube and you can see our beautiful faces as we have this conversation. Um, And just, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel, download the free sheets at shelovesgoodthings.com. And in the couple of months to come, we'll be working, Min and I, on just cleaning up the, um, the website and changing it or something. But yeah, there's something in the work. So thank you everyone for listening. I'm going to ask Dr. Sherry to share with us future events coming up, where you can find her and um, other projects that okay. she has in the works. Thank you so much again for having me today, Gloria. I am working on a couple of projects right now. The best way to keep up with me as far as projects that are coming out, or if you want to DM me and you know talk about some things, you can find me on Instagram at a life of financial freedom. Um, some of the things I have coming up, I'm working on another book that's coming out. And all of this is going to be on Instagram. I will be one of the speakers at FinCon, the financial conference, talking about um, how to create different resources from a single book. So that's Uh the topic I'll be talking about. The best way, I don't know if we cut off before, but the best way to keep up with me on what's going on is on my Instagram account, which is a life of financial freedom. So I have that coming out, a couple more books coming out, um, a couple more podcast interviews. Hmm, This is what you do in retirement, I guess. And I have my um, side hustle to wealth summit that will be coming out again next year. Uh, I created it during COVID. There were 23 (laughs) speakers. So that's coming out. And there might be a membership site in the works. We're still trying to contemplate if I'm going to do that. So I'm working on a YouTube channel. So retired from corporate America, but not necessarily retired from my own personal passions here. Goals and passions. That's amazing. So... Thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's recording. Um, Hope 
you were able to pick up one, two, or three new things to add to um, your resources for living a life of financial freedom. Again, if you have any questions, you can reach Dr. Sherry on her Instagram page, or you can comment right here on um, on YouTube, you can comment, um, and then you can leave us a feedback for the podcast on Apple. Thank you so much for listening and see you soon. Bye.